Hey, Dan. What's up, baby? It's me, Lacey Lou. It is, baby. We haven't done a show in a minute for Cut to the Chase. I know. I was going to say, let's cut to the hook. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, because obviously this is the Candyman retrospective that we're about to do here. It is, baby. We need need a fire-ass guest for this one, though. We haven't done a show in a while. We need somebody that can really just fucking bring it. I know. Somebody that knows this franchise. Somebody that, you know, would go to bat for it or, you know. I got it. I yeah. got it. We got to summon him, though. Yeah? Yeah. How do we do that? All right. Ready? You say his name five times? Wild man. Wild man. Wild man. Wild man. Wild man Willis. What's up, Willis? Are you here? Yes, I'm here, and I'm right behind you, matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, man, have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> hey, man, uh, welcome to Cut to the Chase, Willis. Yeah, your intro episode with us. Yes, it's been a while since I podcast with Dan. A long yeah. while. Yeah, what was the last thing you guys did together? Do you remember? It's I been a minute. It- it has been. We've done a lot of stuff together, though, over the years. You know, it's funny. Uh, the names of shows may change over the years and stuff like that, and there's always other people involved. But, yeah, I podcast with Willis. I don't know, man. I no, I think it's 30 Days a Night. I think I was on it with you. Oh, you that know, one. You went on NFW. That was the last one. Yeah, we've been podcasting together forever, though, man. So it's good to have you back. It's always fun. Like, I, I always love Willis's insights. But he's also one of the funniest fucking human beings I've ever met. <laughs> and we kind of want our guests to get to know you since this is your first time. We always ask uh, first-time guests on our show some questions to get to know you a little better, if that's okay. Wow, man. That is cool with the kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So why don't you tell our listeners how you got started in podcasting? Well, actually, I got into podcasting listening to Greg Amortis and them. Off mm. of um, Land of the Creeps. When they used to have the ho- whole ho- horror palace stuff. It was like what? Land of the Creeps. Attack of the Killer podcast. And the podcast. I stopped being on the Terror Troop podcast. Horror palace is. when Whenever somebody drops that. You know that they're an OG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long have you been doing this Willis? What? It's been a minute. About eight, nine years I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I'm, like, what, on three or four years, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm kind of a vet now, though. You're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Willis, um, obviously you're a big lover of horror films. Uh, how did you, like, come about to loving horror? What's your story with it? Well, I was kind of scared of watching it when I was a kid. And then when I started getting to junior high school, when Channel 50 used to show the horror movies, they happened to show the first Nightmare on Elm Street on a Ooh. Sunday afternoon, and they ain't really cut out nothing. All they cut out was the boobs, but they ain't cut out none of the blood <laughs> and the killing. Were you disappointed that they cut out the boobs? Uh-uh, no. <laughs> I was just glad that's to see the, see the movie. <laughs> yeah, and, I, that's a good point, though, Willis. The, the, the amount that they cut out compared to back then is a lot more these days. Yeah. It was just so strange seeing Nightmare Elm Street on a Sunday afternoon on on a UHF channel 
just out of the blue, and they hardly cut out the movie. So it was just wild. They cut some of the cussing out too, but other than that, they kept the blood in. Hell yeah. Now, Willis, you also have your own YouTube channel, uh, Wild Man Willis. Where did where did this nickname Wild Man come from? Did is that self proclaimed or did somebody nickname you that? I just made it up, just <laughs> out of the blue. They was like, "What kind of name you want to use for the podcast?" I said, "Let me just call myself Wild Man Willis," and that was that. <laughs> and it stuck, huh? Yep. It fits fucking perfectly. No, Willis's reviews are great because. Uh, anytime that I would ever, you know, like need to know if something's good or not, it's so hard, especially nowadays. Everybody's got an opinion. Um, and a lot of the times, uh, written reviews, there's a lot of, um, you know, context and there's a lot that, fall, you know, you, you don't see between the lines. With Willis's reviews, they're always so to the point. And I know, like, by the end of, of that review, usually, you know, like five, ten minutes, whatever it may be uh i know whether i want to see that movie or not and i know how he feels about it prior to even turning the video on because he's commented everywhere that he's yeah. seen it <laughs> yeah no and that's what i love too exactly yeah willis is passionate so i he absolutely is, yeah. love it now i have a question for okay. willis uh willis one of our favorite things in the world is your uh toy hunters episode so my question is this sir can you go a little higher Maybe. Let's see. <laughs> Can you tell us the story of how you got on that show? Well, I just happened to see that they had on their website that they was asking for people with their collections that they want to be on the show. It might yeah. be a guest since they was going to be in the area. So I emailed them and showed some pictures of my stuff and they contacted me back. And that's how I got on the show. Just like that. Yeah. Now, were you scripted at all? Well, yeah. <laughs> Are you not allowed to say? Well, it's been so long now. The show's so old, and it's not even on the TV no more, so it don't matter. So, basically, he already had some stuff with him right. to make it look like I had something valuable on the show really valuable so that's where the a-team stuff came from that wasn't in my collection but so was the jaw stuff in your collection no the jaws wasn't either (laughs) (laughs) so are they trying to say that you didn't have anything of value in there well i made so i made like six hundred dollars off the show so i did something right (laughs) exactly that's what they paid you for it that's where it is well, they ain't pay me for that. I had some um, X-Men action figures. I oh. had sold a whole bunch of them and a whole bunch of Star Trek stuff oh. that I got dirt cheap from the thrift store and got from dirt cheap from KB's when they used to have the stuff three for $10. So oh. I got my money back on the stuff. That's wow. awesome. But they didn't show any of that on the air, did they? No, yeah. they didn't show that on the air, no. Wow. No, you were fun. I, I remember the dude was like, <laughs> Will Scott's a poker face. And you're like, he was like, I'll give you $75 for it. You're like, can you go a little higher? <laughs> we loved it. We watched it like several times. Yeah, no, I still watch it to this day whenever I need to smile. <laughs> 
Now, Willis, uh, so we're about to cover, you know, the Candyman franchise, which is yes. kind of like an urban legend, right? Yeah. So I want to ask you, what do you think is the spookiest or what is your favorite urban legend? Nice. Well, before it was Candyman, it was Bloody Mary. Yes. So now, how Bloody... many times did you have to say Bloody Mary? You had to say her three times. Right. Three times. Right. Yeah. I've seen somebody today was posting about it, and they said you had to say her name like 50 fucking times. That's bullshit. I was like, who's going to sit in front of a mirror 50 times? That's, oh. when people, that's when people start showing that age, though. You know? Like, people 10 years younger than us, like, they don't know anything but the internet and Wikipedia, and everybody just throws a bunch of shit on it. And, like, that's why the great legends get killed, and we're part of a great generation where it comes from a place where it was literally word of mouth. Right. You know? Now, did you ever play Bloody Mary, Willis? Nah, we ain't fool with that mess in the hood. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Just like we ain't fool with the Candyman joint. Because I remember my best friend I went to school with, he said him and his cousin went in the bathroom. Got to the fourth one, the power went out in the house. Oh, wow. <laughs> they believe- said no. No more. No more. They ain't even fool with it. They ain't even go to the fifth one. <laughs> I love that. Um, what about you, Lacey Will? What was your kind of history with Candyman? Did you ever did you ever say his name five times in the mirror? Oh yeah. 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 yeah no. Like I, I like I'd be like Helen Lyle. <laughs> like, like I'm surprised that like maybe that's I'm still transitioning at this point. Who right. knows? <laughs> what about you? Uh yeah, I was scared shitless of it. I was so scared of Candyman as a kid that I just didn't watch it. I would see scenes from the movie and i'd see fucking tony todd's ass and i'd be like nope this is scary as fuck just the way he spoke and it was just so creepy i was like hell no so then during sleepovers or wherever there were other kids and stuff Candyman as a kid would always come up would always come up and i was i was that pussy like i could not do it and i love that it's coming back now though like it's gonna haunt other kids now yes like like a whole new generation um i got one more question for you willis before we uh get into the thick of things here and it's our famous fuck one kill one marry one Uh uh-oh uh-oh this is gonna be good (laughs) all right are you ready willis yeah and you have to answer otherwise this episode is over Otherwise, the bees are coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll candy man on you. All right. Fuck one, kill one, marry one. Fuck, marry, kill. The bear from Midsummer, the bear from... New Mutants. The New Mutants, and the bear suit from the Wicker Man remake. Fuck one, kill one, marry one, go. I guess I'll marry the bear from New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> we, we called that one. <laughs> I guess I, huh. damn, I hate Midsummer. So <laughs> I, I killed the bear from Midsummer, and I guess I fucked the other one. <laughs> I mean, it is Nicholas Cage on there, yeah. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for participating, Willis. That was fun. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, so let's get into it now obviously we're reviewing Candyman 2021 and the only reason i specify is because they're doing the halloween thing guys what do you think of that uh the whole naming a movie the same thing i i think every, nobody's said anything about it really because i think we're all used to it at this point yeah I, I don't think it really matters 
to me. Okay. Um, I mean, just tag on the end of the year because I mean, when you when I put in reviews for yeah. when I'm doing things, anyways, I type in the year, anyways. Right. How about you, Willis? Well, I don't got used to it now. How many times we done had Spider Man? Right. <laughs> and Batman. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. I know you know screams coming out um and and people are like oh halloween like okay we've had so many different timeline reboots like that's just the day and age that we live in and it kind of is fitting with the whole Candyman theme and motif as well but motif. these these things are always going to be in our culture like michael Myers, like he's he's our frankenstein basically you know um it's that those versions of the characters that are going to live on forever you're trying to tell me that you can really just try and encapsulate it in a oh this is this is part 17 now like it's not even the same storyline it's just taking the the same characters and rebooting the whole thing rob zombie did it with with michael myers and obviously david gordon green uh, obviously after that and a million directors before but um i don't know i think that it's just part of our our culture now to where it doesn't even matter it doesn't even matter the names of these nope all they gotta do is put the in the front of it and then it's all good yeah i agree um sorry i have a bit of a cough so i'm trying not to cough on it (laughs) um i apologize guys um now what is your past with this film um you know before the 2021 like the og I actually seen the original Candyman opening weekend because we had a furlough day at school. So I didn't have nothing else to do. My mom gave me some money so I can go to the movies. So I went to see the Candyman. I was only like the only three or four people in the movie theater. Back then, they didn't care how old you was when you went into the movie theater. They let you in. So I went to Candyman that Friday when it first came out. Yes. And were you scared? No, because I wasn't scared of horror movies because I knew all of it was fake. But right. Candyman, <laughs> the the whole legend of Candyman freaked me out. But watching the movie, I wasn't scared. I was more intrigued than anything else. Right. Right. Now, what was your favorite part? Of, so you actually liked the movie then? Back yep. when you watched. Okay. So what would what would you say was your favorite part? Like, what was it that you enjoyed about it? Even though it's not supposed to be funny, but I laugh at it at any time. Me and my friends used to joke about it was when she was in the bathroom and, <laughs> and the fake me out candy man came in. Heard you looking for a candy man, bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was saying that for like months after I rewatched this movie. No. <laughs> All right. So we were actually talking about this earlier, Willis. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a... You know, we actually recorded on, uh, we did Halloween, uh, our first season of Thrills and Chills, um, our 31 Days of October. And we covered like a bunch of movies on like three different episodes. And Candyman was one of them, right? We were feverishly watching movies yeah and so we like briefly covered it and i'm pretty sure all we talked about was that scene (laughs) (laughs) i can believe it (laughs) well yeah there's a whole thing though with this movie where it started last year for me because like i said i had always watched parts of it 
it was very evident, though, after listening to that, to that episode and then re-watching the movie, uh, you know, in preparation for the new movie, to where I didn't even fucking pay attention to the movie. Like, I, I was watching it, and I'm like, and we we actually saw this new version of Candyman twice. Yep. And I didn't watch it the first time because I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, no. Like, I, I watched that movie last year. I was more just excited to go, and we were excited to go to the movies to watch it. I'm like, I don't really need a refresher. I don't really have time for it, whatever. It was so blatantly obvious, though, that I missed so much. Right. <laughs> like, the whole ending and just the whole point of the movie completely just didn't pay attention to it here's the thing though as a movie viewer i think it's important for if we're going to talk about movies like this that we we admit shit like that like yeah no i i was not paying attention like i definitely we watched it and i have a completely different opinion on it like my bad you know because a lot of these things are on wax like they're forever so it's like that's more of an embarrassing thing for me like oh man i feel like you know that when I rewatched the new one, it was almost um, it was almost cheated out of it because I didn't see the original first. Now, like I said, I watched it and then we saw it again. Completely changed different my experience. mind on a lot of different things, and we'll get into those things for sure. Yeah. So now the I want to talk about like the lore of Candyman a little bit in the first one. Yeah. Okay. So basically. Um, what's happening in this is, you know, Helen is looking for a thesis, right, Willis? Yeah. And um, she stumbles across, you know, the tale of Candyman. Um, you know, Daniel Robin. How do you say his last name? Robitai. I knew you. I knew you could get yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I'm played by the lovely Tony Todd. Amazing Tony Todd. Yes, uh, he's awesome. He's so good. Um. He's not in the movie a whole lot, but he didn't need to be, in my opinion. Okay. You know, because the moments that, like, it's not like he's, like, a Pennywise or whatever, you know? Like, right. he's not a comical character. So, like, when he pops up, you like, you're anticipating it. Yes. Like, it's more scary. Correct. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, when this movie came out, I was, like, five. Right. So, I was personally scared by it growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Uh, but the lore, anyways, is, you know, Helen is looking for the thesis on, like, an urban legend. She stumbles across all this information on Candyman. Right. And basically, she's trying to disprove or, you know, like, show that he he isn't real. And it's all just, you know, what these this community tells people to scare people, right? Yeah. Am I right on that? Pretty like, I, I, hit, I feel like... You hit me on the coffin. You totally right. Okay, yeah. good. Because I always feel like some people kind of get that kind of confused or something. Um, and, and the thing is, though, that with her disbelief... It makes him come after her because, the like, Candyman's kind of a vain guy, right? Like, he wants people to fear him, and he wants people to remember his name. Right. That's the premise of Candyman, right? Totally, yeah. Because because of the bad thing that happened to him and what caused him to become this way. Right. Like, so now he wants to be immortal um, within his name. Right. And if you forget his name, you're fucking dead. Right. And, well, I, and I think, though, even though she didn't believe it, um, it was more of her going through the investigation, finding out everything. That's how he comes to life. Much yeah. like Freddy. Now, there yes. are a lot of Freddy comparisons, uh, especially. And I know you love uh, Freddy vs. Jason Willis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great one, though. And he's shut up, stub 
like, we don't say his name. It's the same idea, right? Right, like you forget about him. Right, and that and, gives and them they, power. Yeah, well, no, right. if you remember them, it gives them power. Right, Yeah. exactly. And, and, yeah, so just her stumbling across finding this information, she's bringing him to life. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And now, there is a very... That um, bitch should have been looking for Candyman. <laughs> bitch. Uh, <laughs> in... in real life that's kind of how ghosts and everything are explained so whenever there's like a brutal murder somewhere or whatever it is kind of like in that spot that's that's where it is and and that that pain echoes on forever you know they, it doesn't it doesn't just leave it stays there and i always thought that that concept this concept in the movie was very was very similar to kind of the realist explanation anybody could try to explain something like that right yeah and i I always thought that was cool it's like all right all these fucking movies like i just watched jason come to life via fucking a a, a lightning bolt like to 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 suspend my disbelief that much i can a hundred percent get on board with something like like saying somebody's name yeah without a doubt without a doubt yeah and and the hook too uh jules ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) she's making an appearance again but um, no, I, I always loved it, and I always thought that her investigating it, uh, that it, he slowly kind of creeps up. But his relationship with her in particular was always like a seductive one, almost. He didn't, yes. He, he wasn't like, who's looking for the Candyman, bitch? Like, no, that's not Candyman. No, totally <laughs> right. Right. He's very seductive in this film with her. Amazing. I mean, he was putting his hook up her fucking skirt. What a what a cool fucking approach to take though, especially when you learn the backstory too. It kind of kind of mirrors that. Ha, see what I did? Well, there? he wanted her to be immortal with him. Right. You know, yeah. to help carry on the yes the name, and that's actually something I would like to discuss. So. All right. So, like at the end of this movie, I know we're kind of just like broad strokes here at this well, point. Yeah. But so at the end of this film, you know, um, she, you know, her husband was obviously like a little cheating asshole. Yeah. Um, and but clearly you can see like his distinguish is that a word um, or his anguish? I don't whatever. His disdain. Uh, like he's he's depressed. Yes. We'll just go with that. That's okay. easier. Yes. <laughs> um, he's depressed. And um, he's sitting in the bathroom, and, like, he's clearly mourning, right. and he, he's feeling bad. He's feeling the guilt yes. of what happened to her. Right. Um, but in the mirror, he doesn't call Candyman's name. He calls Helen's name. Okay. So, and obviously in the new film, right? Yes. Helen is a legend of her own. She's right. not yep. actually Candyman. And the thing that I was realizing as I was rewatching it the second time or whatever, you know, the, the lore starts with her in this film. Uh, second film or uh, you know in this direct sequel of 2021 yeah but at the end i kind of put it together that she's not actually Candyman. no and um because when he when trevor i think that's his name her mm-hmm. husband's name he calls her name at the end that he says helen helen five times right you know and then she appears and kills him right so at the end of the new film right yes. and did you watch it through the end credits of the new film yeah with the figures yeah, yeah. And, it, and it showed how they all became the Candyman. Yeah. It does not show Helen as that, right? right? Right. But she's the one who started the lore at the beginning of this. So technically, she's not like a candyman. She's like her, a legend in herself. Totally. And that, okay, that's such an important part of this stuff. Yeah. Because there's, uh, it, see, we're talking about the first one. 
Well, it, you have to integrate it. It blends very much into this one as it well. It bleeds, yeah. It bleeds into it, especially when... We, okay, I want to talk about it more when we get to the end of this movie, because that's where I, I think it branches off, and that's kind of... Or at least one of the points to this movie. Yeah. Because now, like, okay, yeah, I want to go investigate this, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, this, this... And then she brings it into her household. Yes. And basically, it's it's no longer a Candyman thing. It's it's no longer an an urban thing, and and just the Candyman thing. It has now spread, and now it's you know now it's Helen. Yeah. The White Lady. Yeah. There you go. And who went crazy? Exactly. And yeah, took on his lore. And that will spread out to to a different variation of people. That's what I'm saying, and that's why it's brilliant. And it's like, oh damn, okay. <laughs> and I and I think that's what I was trying to make my point is that the end right. of that, like, it does not show her as one of the Candymen. Right. Um, she is her, but you know, it was very important that they started the story with her. Right. Because she is the one who pulled Anthony and gave him back to her, his mom. So I think she maybe kind of saved herself from being the Candyman at that point. Well. But so, I think if you still called her name, she would appear. Do you got Willis? Do you think that even though that happened, that, that was not part of Candyman's plan? He wanted his legend yeah. to go on. So do you think that she kind of created her own war by doing it herself, not not and uh, trying to not remember his name? Yes. Well, the way is the way that since we know what happened in the new movie. The way the original one played played out, Candyman was trying to keep his name alive, but yeah. since she didn't burn up in the fire like right. she was supposed to, her legend started. Yes. So Candyman basically is trying to take back his legend in the new movie. Right. Yes. And 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 you know what? That's another thing too. People are like. No, it's a it's a reboot. What the fuck do you mean? This is a this is a sequel, ladies and gentlemen. Hundred yes. percent. I get it. It's a soft reboot, meaning that if well, that, well, Jordan Peele said it was like a spiritual reboot. I, I don't no, know, it's or, a, or, sequel, a spiritual dude. sequel. No, um, I feel like it's just a straight up sequel. What do you think? Right. Well, it's, it a it's a straight up sequel. It's doing the same shit that the Halloween movie. They forget sure. the other two and just basing it on the first movie. Yep. Hundred percent, yeah. And um, okay, so before we get into it, did you want to touch on the sequels at all before we go on? I didn't personally watch them. Does it add anything? Um, Does it? Not that, really, because no. the I, first, I, the second movie retreads the story from the first one, how he had killed, and basically yeah. all it is is just his relative he's chasing after. That's it. Okay. Right. Right. And both of them. And basically, yeah, and both of them. Yep, you're right. So it's yeah. not really anything you really have to really discuss with those like, other two movies, for okay. real, to be honest with you, especially since it doesn't carry on with this um fourth movie at all. Yeah, no, um, the, the new one completely disregards those two. I think the only things of note of that is what Willa said, um, you know, that it it does give you more of the backstory of like how he died and you know, how he came with the bees. But and... they did the paper puppets. It was perfectly done in the slum. That's all we needed. <laughs> I know, but I, yeah, I, I, I get, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, did they retcon anything from those at all? No, it's, um, they, they reference Helen Lyle. Okay. Um, and, the, and 
uh, Farewell to the Flesh, they do reference her yeah. uh, briefly. Right. Um, it starts out with, like, a book signing. It's kind of ridiculously stupid. Okay. Um, like, just this, like, pretentious, like, writer dude. Right. And, like, right. he ends up, like, getting a hook in the bathroom. It's really stupid. Like, he says the Candyman name, like, in the reflection of the book. It's clearly, like, 1995. You remember how, like, all those books in 95 had, like, the reflectionary covers? covers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One of them. Oh, like it's so ridiculous. Wow. Like he said his name in that. It was pretty stupid. But um, <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, it was pretty dumb. Like it didn't feel cohesive. And then in it was better than Day of the Dead. Donna Dierico, I saw. Uh, Day of the Dead. The only thing that uh, I think is funny would be um, the fact that Rob. Rod from we referenced oh, that's uh, right. we referenced um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Rod from Nightmare on Elm Street Part One was oh, actually in Day of the Dead. Interesting, interesting. That was him. I was like, who is that guy? Yeah. Okay. So I I think that's probably like the only <laughs> thing worth noting at at all. Cool. So we can disregard the sequels, basically. One hundred percent. All right. <laughs> well, then let's get to the moment that we've all been waiting for: Candyman 2021. Now, right out of the gate, um, the opener, what did you guys think of it? Um, I love that they played uh, the Candyman from, like, Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. Did you like yeah. that, Will? Yeah, I was sitting there <laughs> laughing about that. <laughs> yeah. When, when that opening scene happened, um, okay, so here's where we're going to get into uh, the reason I posted the other day. And the reason why I wanted, you know, kind of an open dialogue for discussion, because I've seen some fucking people wilding out on the Internet. I know uh, you guys have as well. Yeah, it's caused a, yeah. this movie has caused quite a bit of an uproar. Right. And it starts from that opening scene. Now, as I'm watching it, I'm like, OK, you got to keep in mind going to be some people looking out for this shit kind of on the other side of the argument that this is just like a fuck the police movie, like, it's it's clearly all racially motivated cops and, and all, all that kind of shit, right? But here's the thing. I'm watching it go down, and I'm like, okay, like, I see nothing out of the ordinary. Like, what's the, like, I don't see how we're, we're being hit over the head with anything, you know? I, I'm not getting that overt, like, we're shoving this shit down your throat. Um, and that's often what people cite as as the first thing. Like, oh, it starts from the opening scene. I didn't see that. I thought the opening scene was brilliant. It reminded me very much of Us um, and certain other scenes in, in Peele's movies where you get a little piece of it and then they cut it away. I love that. Like, we'll, we'll come back to this, but there you go. See, I was kind of confused with what was happening because I was like, that's not Tony Todd. Well, okay. That, you know, that was what, like, I wasn't even thinking about the police or that aspect. I'm, like, thinking, like, Tony Todd's supposed to be in this. Who the fuck is this guy? Right. With a hook for a hand. Like, is that his dad? I don't know. <laughs> like, right. Like, I mean, I'm looking at it, like, right. I'm looking at it as a critical reviewer. Yes. Um, That was my first instinct of watching it. Obviously, I thought differently on the second time watch, uh-huh. which we'll get into that later. But on um, yep. the first, that first initial watch, I was like, who the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> But how about you, Willis? Did you think that as well? Were you like, what the fuck's going on? I knew what was going on because I seen the previews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've been keeping up with the movie, so right. I knew automatically that Tony's heart wasn't really going to be in the movie per se. 
but the spirit of the Candyman was going to be in there, especially yeah. when the dude said, Candyman ain't one man, he's the whole damn hive. Hive, yes. So, That's a great line. Yeah. So, great. everything basically from, because remember, this movie was supposed to come out last year. So, yep. they've been showing previews since last year, this movie. So, right. you right. and stuff kept on coming out on and on about the movie. So, you kind of had an idea what was going on with this movie, especially right. when they said the 70s. And I'm like, well, maybe it was more than one candy man. I don't know. Right. From the start, you don't know that until later on in the movie. So I was fine with it. Right. Now, what did you think with them starting out? So then, like, it goes from, you know, a, a candy man that wasn't actually even a candy man until he became one. You right. Know? That was, yeah, um, but then it jumps to the scene, you know, with Anthony and, you know, his girlfriend and uh, her brother and his boyfriend. And he's telling, he's like, you guys want to hear a scary story, right? And, and I mean, that's typical movie stuff. Like, right. you got you to gotta start somewhere, right? 100%. But, like, I'm just curious what made him tell that story. Um, but were you surprised that it was the Helen story? Yeah, because I didn't think no more that they was going to actually say anything about her story right. in the okay. movie. So that was surprising. I knew that they had some clips of Virginia Madsen in the movie, but I didn't know that they was going to start off with her legend first. Right. Which is kind of really cool. Like, I'm really glad. Like, it's this conversation is actually like giving me real new insight into how it transpired to him getting his name back. Right. And, and also, too, though, um, wasn't one of them involved in real estate? Like, it was there was a whole real estate theme going on, but that's kind of what they were talking about. In the in, original. Uh, well, in this Cabrini one, too. Green. Right. Cabrini Green, but how they basically. Like they abandoned it, and then they talk about the gentrification of it and all that kind of stuff. That was a big word in this film. Huge. Gentrification. I but, think like you could do shots anytime you heard that word. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um and he the dude even says he's like you mean like this place you know mm-hmm. like so I did it right there so it felt sort of natural to these characters and and I dug that aspect of it I thought that was pretty cool you know um here's here's the thing though when I look back at these characters um one of the main things though you got to look at other people's kind of problems with it with this whole woke kind of mentality uh automatically like all right gay couple too i I personally i thought that was like I, i i liked it i thought it all fit in perfectly with the story i really didn't notice it i, I feel kn- like it's normalized at this point right yes I to some people some people yeah. are still saying oh no they're trying to cram it down our throat like do what world do you live in right look around <laughs> like literally we look at like we yes like our neighbors like everybody like what like what is happening and and it's very like eye-opening and i think that's kind of the main thing that this movie is provoked where it's starting a lot of debates where yeah like, a lot of people show their true colors, but a lot of people are defending things that they don't really need to defend. But, Willis, I got to ask you, you know, um, has this exposed a lot of people to you? Well, two years ago exposed a lot of people to me. So, hey, even before this movie even came out, with all the stuff going on 
where everybody being locked up in the house with the COVID and all this right. stuff going on with the um George George Floyd incident and all the, the tapes coming out. So right. this stuff has been exposed for a while now. So I don't know why people upset over this movie. This been happening Rodney King days. So they ain't right. around the same time when Candyman came out. Well, Willis, I, I gotta see my whole thing is this. That was fucking Rodney King was back then when the first one came out. This is years later here, and you know, people are like, oh, it's it's right in your face. Well, yeah, that like I think it should be brought to the attention that yeah, shit's shit's probably worse than thirty years even. later. Thirty years later, like we had all this fucking time, and and, and these ignorant motherfuckers <laughs> can't like it seems like a lot of people are going in the opposite direction and. To or me, they're just afraid to move. Whatever it is, it's mind-boggling to me, and and it's one of those things where when a movie like this pops up, man, we're all horror fans. We're like, yeah, Candyman, but then everybody else is like, now I want to put focus that Jordan Peele's making this a thing. Yeah, good. So what? Like he's not doing it. And when I say he, uh, I'm not talking that he directed this. I want to say obviously, shout out to Nia DaCosta. Yep. Costa? Yeah. First Nia black Nia female. Nia. I'm sorry. Uh, first female black director for the number one movie, and Candyman is cleaning up in the theaters. And during a pandemic. That's so yeah. dope. It's one of the only movies to profit during the pandemic. Why isn't anybody going to talk about that? Like everybody, see, and that's the thing. Like uh, it's all on. It seems like uh, you know people are just looking for fucking reasons, and and that doesn't fit the narrative where it was what even a year ago where female directors, it was all about the, and then that dies down. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. like, like, why, why is, why are people decide to just kind of, no, quote unquote, swarm to certain different topics and then all of a sudden, because there's another issue that may uh, be bigger, that doesn't get talked about? That, to me, is crazy. It's like, like that, th- those things are awesome and we should celebrate that like female director awesome black female like this is what these are the things that we we all want and we should be we have to be louder about those achievements because you got all all the other motherfuckers on the other side being super loud about their ignorant bullshit too so i feel like we have to be louder yeah and and the movie us right jordan pill actually plays fuck the police and that fucking that right. it's brilliantly done. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. You know, because they ain't coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when white folks are getting, like, right. killed the fuck up. Exactly. But, yeah, and, and that's the thing, though. Everybody wants to talk about all this kind of um, incorporation and beating you over the head with it. And it's like, no. Like, I think, I think it was perfectly done with this movie. So much that on second viewing... This might be one of one of the best movies to kind of deliver a message and kind of be meta about it in an artistic way. Literally. In the world we live in. Exactly. Right. You know, like what the fuck world does everybody live in? That's what I want to know to where it's like, I don't like being force fed this. Like nobody's force feeding you it. That's just the it, way it, things what are. What does it say about you if you're sitting there saying that it's beating you over the head with a sledgehammer right. or with the message behind it? Like I've seen that comment like eight times at least. Yeah. It's like, because or those, pe- those people don't want to see it, that reality because they don't think that reality is real. But it right. is, but they don't want to admit to it. That's the problem. 
Right. It's everybody's perception. It's crazy to me, though. And that's where, like, okay, watching movies and hearing hearing nudie talk some crazy shit about a movie, like, we'll just laugh at it because, like, I know, like, you're being stupid about that. And, like, you know, he'll say the same thing about me. And we're just busting balls because we're all friends and stuff like that. Those are normally the typical conversations back and forth that, that I get into. And it's often fun and, and we're all having a good time with it. But man, a movie like this shit just spirals out of control so quickly because, again, all these beliefs and all these things are predicated upon things that I'm not, I'm not aware of. I've never felt that way in my life. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, people really fucking think this way? And to me, that's crazy because this is a movie. But at the same time, it, this shit happens. it reflects. <laughs> I'm just full of puns. Like, we, I've been punning all fucking episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a reflection of these people and it's and it's just crazy to me so yeah what what a fucking experience this has been the last couple of weeks talking to people no i do have to say as well for the trailer yes um it was one of the coolest trailers i've ever seen yeah yep yeah uh, the song yeah say my name i think it you know right. and i think so originally when i went to go see this i have to say yeah. that i was like not feeling well at all both I, of I us should not have gone to the theater like i just wasn't like you know i know covid or anything like that but i just wasn't feeling good and i just like sometimes you're in a mood when you watch something right. and i just was not in the mood i think like the theater was crowded i wasn't prepared for that it was like the thursday preview before it actually opened even yeah and usually those nights are dead especially this past year right <laughs> right um, like nobody's been going to the Nobody. This and, and so we go this night and I was like, oh, it's going to be dead and we'll have it to ourselves like we usually do. Nope. It was fucking packed. packed. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great though. Make your money. Right. But yeah, I mean, I I, but it just like added to like my anxiety of going and like, cause I just wasn't feeling well. I had a headache. We, we wanted to go see it so bad. Um, but yeah, we, we weren't feeling the greatest, but that accompanied with the fact that um it was full yeah we just weren't 100 percent in it yeah we weren't really feeling it yeah now were you feeling it right off the bat willis well it the beginning was cool it was some parts that was kind of slow a little bit but overall i was enjoying the movie for what it was because i just looked at it as them trying to bring candy man to the forefront, and plus Tony Todd is old. He can't be <laughs> doing this forever, so if they want to make more movies, they gotta find some way to keep the movie going, so the way they did it makes perfect sense. Yes. So you were kind of like, curious of where it was gonna lead into at the end. Right. Exactly. Uh, I think we were all expecting it. Now, we did get a little bit of, of his face on the painting, Right. Yeah. Uh, and in the puppetry. Dude, I would not have been satisfied with just that. Fuck no. that. I won't, no, that does not work that way. If you're going to reference fucking uh, Helen and, and, and show me a puppet of Tony Todd and a picture of him and not actually give me him at some capacity, then I would have been, I would have felt like, it was missing something no, and you left know, out. You know what? Somebody said uh, they did Tony Todd dirty. No, they and, did. And, and, and you know what? After rewatching it and after this conversation, 
um, they did him perfectly because he got the final moment. He got his name back. And it made sense to the story. Yes. Yeah. Like, that, the whole movie was about him. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and like I said, from that opening scene, like, I was confused. But I'll also say this, and this is a big part to do with people that have names going in. There's this, there's a lot of expectations. So I like a lot of Jordan Peele stuff. So that means that I trust in him to obviously, you know, pair up with somebody that's going to be a great director mm-hmm. and be in the hands of somebody that knows what they're going to do She's with it. She's fully capable. Fuck, yeah. dude. I, yeah, what else has she done? I have no nothing. idea. Nothing. I, I mean, I mean, She's done like well, yeah, nothing, but nothing, short, right. nothing uh, like that's I got you. big. Yeah, so but she just put her name on the map. But when when this day and age, when you have a name like that, certain expectations come with it, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean it like I was really looking forward to it because he's been like we have problems with us, you know. Um, but yeah, also wasn't perfect. By yeah. means, it was not perfect. I prefer Get Out. Get Out's a five out of five for me. But he's he's doing big things with his movies, and there's so many great aspects to all of it to where we have to trust these filmmakers somewhat to know that they're not going to do Tony Todd dirty, that they're not going to just give us something and not fucking deliver. And I don't mean deliver fan service. I mean integrate uh, obvious story uh, plot points and characters and actors for that matter into the story so it all makes sense and there is a balance between fan service and the story right and to say that this movie didn't have a fucking uh, uh, a dope balance is is kind of crazy to me like i thought it was so poignantly and like brilliantly done that that i i had so much fun with it and saving that moment till the the end i thought was fucking brilliant we didn't get a long shot after that or anything we got fucking tony todd's face and then cut candy man get the fuck out of the theater tell everyone tell everyone yeah that was so dope like and and i feel like it's earned you know in this day and age when when you got fucking mark hamill and he's taking off his thing and and there's there's so much expectation to to kind of treat these um, properties with respect. Yeah. And like I said, add in fan service, but do it in an organic way, then, yeah, I, I can't see how I could ever be on the other side of the coin as far as that's concerned. And they was also smart because the way they set up this movie, the way they set up the inning, yep. it will always be a Candyman. So you can have anybody be Candyman now. That's <laughs> Great. That that's so it's so brilliant. Uh, obviously, for for a literal sense, because like you said, like Tony Todd's getting old. <laughs> so. But I mean, they de-aged him in this, so they could do that again. They could. They really could. But but, but I, I mean, he doesn't do a lot of action in this, anyways. I mean, he did float, and you did. He was in a harness <laughs> in '92. Right. But um, <laughs> he flew window like they had him on a string. <laughs> yeah, and you can see the string yes. really badly. <laughs> but I thought it was brilliant though like you said it can be anybody and you know through the years how how there were different examples of it just kind of perpetuates the story too of, of like yeah this shit is still going on and and it's a direct reflection 
of of society through the years and stuff like that, you know? And Candyman's whole thing with this, you know, with Helen, and she became her own thing. In this one, we got Anthony. Now, Anthony, spoilers, everybody, (laughs) if you haven't been able to tell at this point, is obviously the baby from the first one. No, I knew that going in, though. I think everybody did. Well, everybody kind of knew that. Right. Now, the thing that, like, for some reason, I'm just kind of like a dumbass and forgot Vanessa Williams was in the first one. Right. Like, I was just like, what? Like, I didn't even remember he had a mom in the first one. It doesn't like, look like her in it, the first one. No, it is. It's, it she is looks her? the same. Yep, she, same person, yep. I don't know she why. has not, like, aged at all. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, and, and we all knew when, when mom when was calling show- and all the time, I'm like, of course... Like it's leading to this, but but I never felt like it was predictable. Well, like yeah, this this is coming to a head. Well, the part that like I wanted to double check once we watched it again today. Yes. Was because obviously I rewatched the OG. Right. And Helen slashed her in the arm. Remember? Oh yes. So um and she is wearing you know a sleeveless dress. So I was looking to see if there was a scar. Of course there is. There's a fucking scar. Of course like, there is. Like, they did their due diligence. That's what you know I'm what saying. I, I didn't like, even notice that. Dude. No? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and that's the thing. That's what I mean. Like, these filmmakers, they, it's... They, they are fans. Like, they live for this shit, you know? Right. Um, we've been covering Fantasia, talking to all these different people with, with their movies and stuff like that. Same thing. Just, I, I don't know if it's the age where it's all people you know, our age that have grown up and, and, and learned everything from the movies, you know, not necessarily respecting other entries. Um, but it's just like, it seems like it's a group of fans, you know, even with Favreau and, and Dave Filoni over at Star Wars, they're just getting it so right because they care so deeply about these properties. You know, we care and we're, we're podcasters. We're not even filmmakers. Right. So imagine if your whole your whole life you want to make a movie and in in her case like hey this is my first big movie like of course they care about it and, i didn't this, realize how much they cared yeah. until i rewatched and then went and seen it again and it had everything that i had problems with that i thought they had missed what did i tell you about my rewatch uh you said it was the best rewatch you've ever had ever yeah ever. It, it, it was you said it was changing like one of the most yeah change mental things that you've ever done yeah change mental uh, I, I, I don't it. know like, no no we're, we're, okay change we're, mental yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no but uh one of the things that like as i because i watched the other three as well right yeah I, I watched all three right before seeing this one again and um mike merriman just popped up and said Candyman <laughs> <laughs> on the skype chat box <laughs> you're so stupid mike uh no, one of the things that um, I had noticed that all the other movies had said was sweets to the sweet. Like there was a reference to that in every single one of uh, from 92 to 95 to 99, all three of those. And I couldn't remember for the life of me that that was ever uh, mentioned or anywhere in the new one. Oh, yeah. But it's there. Uh, Oh, yeah. no, no, I noticed it this time. <laughs> and much. it's when they're at the church and it says it right above it. Yep. Um, as he's uh, the, the laundromat guy. The laundryman uh, <laughs> is turning him into Candyman. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and okay, so I don't know how you guys felt about that character. Obviously, he was needed and necessary for a lot of things. You know, he was like 
Mr. Exposition, and he's leading them along. Um, I didn't know that they were going to go the kind of Dr. Sartain route, because here's my problem with that. Not necessarily a problem, but it's one of the things that I've been kind of going back and forth with in my head. So he wanted to obviously help with the perpetuation of the legend, right? Like, right. He wasn't leaving anything uh, up to fault. He knew that was Anthony. He's brought back, so he he's he's helping out, and he's gonna do he's gonna do the damn thing. Now, I I like that, but I didn't. I was like, I thought it would have been a lot cooler if if Candyman kind of just did it himself. But then that ending, I really watched it again, and it made perfect fucking sense. And this is what I wanted to get into the whole ending part. Yeah. So his narrative is he calls the cops and he wanted to have the legend carry on by having the cops kill him, right? That right. was that that was how the legend was gonna keep going. Right. This is why I love this fucking movie so much and I'm so glad we, we rewatched it. So <clears throat> uh that does happen, yes. Cops come in, kill him or whatever. Uh you cut to the scene in, in the police car. Mm-hmm. Now you got the cop trying to do his own fucking narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to say, oh, this is what we're telling you. This is what's going to happen or whatever. Now, by the time that Anthony became Candyman now, which is a dope way too, and we'll talk about that for a minute, but when he became Candyman, he didn't do, he didn't do either of those narratives. He said no more motherfucker that's not the story i want to tell like the cops come and kill me that's not, no i'm gonna kill all the cops fuck you all and i love that aspect of it like this isn't your story bitch this is Candyman's story and i'm Candyman now like i love that the story the, the story wasn't going to continue because this guy wanted it to go this way or the cops wanted it to go that way it's going, uh, uh, no, I'm going to murder you all, and I'm going to keep you alive, and you can tell everybody. That's the story. Right. I loved it. What did you think about that, Willis? Man, that that was cool, because I was like, they're going to have to set it up that he's going to have to come back and get everybody. So I was right. like, once she start looking towards that mirror, and she was like, I, I'll do what you want, but right. can you just turn the mirror so I can look at it. And w- when she said that, I was like, uh-oh, she uh-huh. about to make shit shit go down. But I didn't know it was going to go down like that the way they set it up. I didn't know that they was going to um show all the other Candymans and then had Tony Todd at the end. I didn't know it was going to be like that. Because I was like, when they going to show Tony Todd? When they, gonna, they got to show him, I know he's going to be in the movie. Because if they don't show him in the movie, Whole bunch of people gonna be pissed. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, so they gonna have to do it. So they did it, and I was like, yeah, they made the movie worth it with that yeah. just that ending. Now, did you like how she only said Candyman four times, and the cops said it the fifth time? Yeah, I didn't mind it because they did. That's calling back to the beginning of the first movie when they did the urban legend. With um Ted Raimi and his girlfriend in the house. Ted Raimi, dude, isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing though too. Um, 
that was one of the somebody's complaints. They're like, I don't like how they changed the rules. How what well how come she can say Candyman and he lets her live? And I was like, Well, it's only so he could leave her alive so she could keep the legend going. To tell the tale. It's more of a guideline, who cares? But then as Lacey Lou brilliantly pointed out, she didn't say it uh, the fifth time. The fucking cop did, which is another thing that's just so brilliant. She said it four times and he goes, Candyman. And then that was I was like, oh, my God. Like and again, things that I didn't even pick up on the first time. And it all makes so much sense, and it's very clear that everybody knew exactly what they were doing with this movie, and and, and that's why I say it was one of my best rewatches, mm-hmm. because hearing everybody's complaints with it, I actually went back, and not only did I flip kind of all those things, and there's really no argument for it, but I went deeper, and I found out, oh no, that's what they're doing, and I'm making connections that I didn't even make, and like I said, I rewatched the original too, and there's so many themes that, that run concurrently through both, and it's so brilliantly weaved, and I fucking love it. And, you know, another part that, like, I was nitpicky about originally was I said that the bathroom scene wasn't necessary, okay. right? Oh. And um, so I think that comes back in a big bad way as well, because, yeah. um, you know, obviously she was going to say Candyman as he's, like, going through his descent and, like, his transitioning and, like, he's turning into like a hive body right and right. uh he's breaking mirrors all around her because yeah. he she, he doesn't want her to say candy man and um she goes over to her brothers or whatever and he was like he's like yeah you don't say that fucking name you know right. and right. she was like i won't who would do that anyways and then it goes to these dumb little privileged bitches <laughs> and you know and yeah. it's just kind of a funny little like right it, that's exactly the type of people that would do it so it made more sense to me on this watch uh because i i missed her saying that line right the first go around but she was like who would do that and then it literally goes to these dumb bitches right that was one of the bitches was at the art show but there, there's a whole commentary though on that in itself with with the uh critic as well and, and they even say it they're like they don't they like what we create they don't like us so yeah. it's all about White people taking what they want, but being disconnected enough so they don't actually have to feel any of the bullshit, but they just want to sit there and and, and, and share in on it. And, and the same with Anthony's boss there. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, I was thinking about Cabrini Green. He was like, yeah, he like got excited and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know? So there's this whole thing to where with, with all the girls in the bathroom there, it's in a sense kind of what Helen did in terms of kind of bringing it to, quote-unquote, I don't know how to phrase it, white America, to white people, right? right? That's what it's doing. And now that the uh, the uh it's not just, like, you know, the candy man in that neighborhood type thing, it's spread. And I love that. Right. I love it. And there is a purpose to it. I thought that scene was completely tacked on, but that's that's the whole point. It's, like, it's not just kind of secluded. It's It's kind of spread now, and it's getting out. And it's and that whole social commentary behind it, I think it's really fucking smart. Yeah, like I was like I was going in on this watch looking for things that like I didn't like the first time to see if I'd like it better. Right. I thought the acting was stepped up a lot. I don't know what my deal was. Right. Um. I, I, maybe like a few characters were like off, like the chick in the gallery. Um, oh yeah. You know yeah. That, <laughs> that, that, 
that like they're wanting to hook up or she whatever. She was annoying, yeah. Um, Both of those. What, what, what did you think about the kills in this, Willis? Yeah. It was old school. They right? showed enough to get you kind of chilled to the bone, but they didn't just go out with all the gore. So it was kind of like a old school hard kills where you knew you seen the kills, but it wasn't super gory. Uh, right. just it wasn't like a a Freddy or Jason slash where you see everything. They had everything in the shadows because of course Candyman. The only way you really could see him in this one was in the reflection through the mirror. Yeah, that was what was cool about it, though. Right, right. Um, I originally didn't like it. I liked it so much more. I keep saying he that. He was in a lot of the uh, mirrors, Yeah, too. and, like, the reflection of when the critic is dying, you know, right. she's, like, she, like, has a glass mirror, you know, as her, you know, which was, I, I wish you could have seen her get it off a little bit more. And I love the fact that we don't even hear her say the name. Right. That she clearly yes. did. Yes, yes, like, she did because right. you're, she's, like, overconfident bitch. Right. And, like, I wish we could have seen her get it a little bit bit more because she I was love so that punchy. shot though it's but, the shot of the whole building and yes. they just show her dragged across yes. it but i mean i would have liked to see right. her like head like split off or something i don't know a little but, more yeah like well give it to her you know what I was she also about. kind of looked like virginia madsen she did we thought it might have been her we were like what what's going on yeah, here? they they were very similar looking i yeah. think that was purposefully done yeah i obviously. think so too no but i also was thinking about this too um you know this could have easily been even in the first one with Helen, because it shows her just just wake up and, and she blacked out and fucking cut a dog's head off and shit. You know, Candyman could easily possess these people. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, because Anthony, same thing. He he runs right out of there because he's picking at his fucking scab again. Don't pick <laughs> at it, Anthony. I know, that uh, shit was gross. I know. I, I, I had a kind of a problem with that. I was like, wouldn't somebody... But I, I did realize... I would say that's probably my biggest problem with the film but he did go to the hospital like the next day but the way that the story is kind of told it's not told in it's only told over a couple days it seems like it's not prolonged that much no but so it kind of makes sense and he goes to the hospital which i like too because then that's where he finds out that that's where he was born so and then he goes back all to these, the mom and you get more fan service and exactly and i think all those things connected beautifully though but um yeah with with uh, i forgot my train of thought I'm I, sorry. no it's okay um with Anthony though, I thought as a character, um, he was he was a little bland at first. On rewatch, I, I didn't think that was necessarily the case so much. And I I guess I can't really hold it against the movie because of kind of his subdued kind of nature. But the one thing He's that a I chill artist. Yeah, but the one thing I did want to talk about, and Willis, you had mentioned this uh, on Facebook as well, now, the subplot with the girlfriend and her father as the artist. Right. Now, you had said you feel like there was, what, 20 minutes missing from this movie? Yeah, I feel like it was 20 minutes cut during this movie. So I feel like the boyfriend could have been fleshed out a little bit more. And I right. feel like the girlfriend could have been fleshed out a little more. All we seen was that one random flashback about her dad and that was it i feel like it would have been cool the reason why he killed himself because he was going down the same road as anthony right but they didn't do that so because they didn't do that 
What do you think they were trying to say, if anything, with that? They uh, was just trying to say that she was just used to being with artists yes. that had some kind of um emotional yep. distress yep. in their background. That's what I said, dude. That's exactly what I said, and that's what I took from it. And and that that I thought was great too, because yeah, it wasn't fleshed out, but at the same time, I'm like, well, that's often how things go, you know, when you don't deal with things in your past. You know, the brother's like, oh, we, we gotta go sell all this stuff, and she doesn't want to deal with it. And that's what Candyman is. It's it's dealing with these things. It's how it's dealt with. It's Candyman, you know. So those are all things that I noticed upon this rewatch as well, to where I thought I totally agree with what Willis says. If that was fleshed out more, um, either more of what I said or I, I like Willis's thing better because I thought of that as well. If they would have connected it a little more, I thought that would have been cool. But because they didn't and they just kind of had a subtle well, I guess not subtle, but a commentary on that as well. Yeah. Kind of like you attract things in your past regardless of anything. Like it's fate. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's it's just another layer to this movie and it doesn't necessarily kind of focus in on one thing. It's a whole damn thing. Like we're not even ta- we haven't even like really talked about how dope Candyman's hook is. How they integrate the candy in this movie even, you know? Yeah, like, they bring back the blade. The piece of right. candy yeah, the, bl- the the blades and the fucking candy. I mean, that's an old urban legend, too. Right. In its own right. That's why your parents took your candy at Halloween. And the candy is, the kid drops the candy, and the noise is what alerts the yeah. cop to kill. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, the more I watched this movie, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I really, I, I thought it was cool. I dug this scene, this scene, but I had this, this problem, that problem. Fuck. <laughs> you can talk. You can talk it out of it now that you've seen it twice. I, it, like I said, it's not only that. I like it even more than I thought because I'm like, oh no, wait. I'm seeing things that I I wasn't even really gonna focus on and try and change my mind about or or kind of you know address the problems that I had initially with it. It's got nothing to do with that. I just saw shit that I didn't see the first time, and fuck, this movie's brilliant. Right. And uh, it's, only other problem I have about this movie is is the turn from dude that owned the laundromat. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he was going to the laundromat to, you know, with, like he was so tra- traumatized right. from the laundromat when he was a kid that he grew up and owned one. <laughs> <laughs> and he just lived in that hood, like in the church. And just waited for the kid to come back to give... To bring back the name. And then he was pretty confident, too. He's like, go get some sleep, baby boy, or whatever he said. He was like, go get some rest. <laughs> like, I would have grabbed him right there if I was that guy. Like, here, let me give you a hook. I've had it sitting in here forever. Now, hmm. see, for me, I didn't have, like, an emotional connection with Anthony. Right. So, like, when he's, like, tur- like, like, I feel like he turned a little too quickly for me. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, with Helen's journey. Right. It's such a journey in that first film right like and you feel for her like her husband's a dirtbag like anthony has a pretty good life right and this girl's supporting him yeah you know like (laughs) he's 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 pretty much got it made he's an artist yeah you know and they have this nice new place and you know but um, he's just breaking mirrors yeah you just don't really feel bad for him when it's happening to him but you feel for him 
you had one gripe with the movie where it's probably the most ridiculous part in the movie. When he's covering up the paintings? Where he tries to cover up the paintings. Oh, and yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, so he, he, he was like, no, don't look at these. Don't look at these. He, he, he puts three things over three of the paintings. And, and they all fall and off. They, and, they, and none of them even come close to covering them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I referenced the way uh, that I run around frantically before I gotta go to work, Willis. And, I, and it's much like that, so I can't, really, <laughs> <laughs> I can't really dock the movie for that. But yeah, man, uh, anything else that you would like to add to this, Willis? Anything that we missed here? I mean, I think we're pretty much hit a lot of it. Yeah, yeah we did basically almost the whole movie, not chronologically, but we watched right. the whole movie basically. But my thing is what people are mad about this movie that's been in the DNA ever since the original movie. What was the cause of Candyman being made? Because he was killed by a whole bunch of white people because he was sleeping with a white woman. So right. that racial overtones has always been in the original Candyman movie from the start. So I don't understand why people get upset about it now since it was in the DNA of the original movie. No, Willis, I also noticed that you had said that it was a love story. Yeah, it is kind of a love story. Well, the old one was. Because yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Because he was trying to get back to his love that got killed, that got him killed. Because <laughs> Helen kind of looked like the original girl that he had made the painting of, right. even though they retconned it in the second movie with it actually being the girl, a whole different girl in the painting in the second movie. So, yeah, but the first one is kind of like a gothic love story. Yeah. Like he wanted her to come with him and be immortal with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much like, that's what I mean, like Tony Todd had this whole seductive back and forth with her mm -hmm. and and that's what i loved about this one as well is is they didn't take that angle they literally just said no we're just gonna finish what we didn't succeed in the first movie <laughs> yeah and it's and we're gonna bring it back you know in a big bad way but but the whole metaphorical angle to that though is yeah he needs to be perpetuated he needs for for his name to be to be continued you know because I mean, I don't know, man. This is Candyman is one of the dopest fucking revenge stories ever. <laughs> I think it's awesome, you know? Like that that is what you got to deal with. And I don't know, like as a kid for me, Candyman scared the shit out of me. Now when I watch it, it brings on a whole different fucking thing for me. Um and I know some people like just give me fucking Jason with his stupid backstory with his mother is jason dead or is he not wait was he alive the whole time she was killing what the fuck's going on here you can have that i'll take movies over here that actually have like shit to say and and that's dopely fucking you know given to us in a in a in a artistic Creative. way and it cleaned up at the box office like they they did everything right with this so should we rate it i think we should baby all right let's start with wild man willis over there the wild man I give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. What about you, Dan Chase? Okay, so um, I rate out of 5. So initially when I saw it, I was like, 
uh, I've got all these problems with it. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I did not see a lot of the same things that I saw. Thank God I rewatched the original before. Um, originally it was 3.5. It has jumped up a whole point. This sits at a 4.5 for me out of five. What takes off the one point? The half a point. point? Yeah. The half a point. It's, it's not a perfect movie because I do feel like, um, that half a point is, is very subjective on my part. It's just personal taste. Right. Um, I thought that, uh, honestly, I thought that the comedy wasn't really there. Like, the comic relief with the brother, I thought some of his lines were good, but I thought some of it was just like, meh. Like, I thought it was okay. I thought that they could have done that better. And what they were trying to go for with that, I think that if they were to have had succeeded a little bit more in my eyes, then that would have put it over the top and just created more of a balance to a movie to where it's 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 pretty heavy, but it's also like it's got the kills, it's got kind of a little bit of everything. It's got that social commentary too, and almost everything for me. The comedy I wish would have been a little bit better. That's all. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, my original rating was a three out of five. Uh-huh. Um, I just wasn't. It was like mediocre to me. Um, rewatch the original was everything, and then seeing the shitty sequels that came out. <laughs> yeah, that puts it all in respect. It really did. It really, really did. Um, I love discussing, you know, the Helen storyline so much with you guys. Like, I feel like I got so much out of that, yeah. and that you know, Katie Man got to take back his name. That's huge for me. Right. Like that wasn't something that I like. I picked up on on that first watch. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was really smart they really did do fan service um i wish they would have had the the some of the same score a little bit more from the og into this one a little bit yes just a little bit yes um it didn't need to be like all the time but Uh just some just something to give that you know maybe when they're telling the helen story right i don't know um but i did like the music throughout this as well um it going back and rewatching it it had all of my gripes that answered them. Yeah. You know, it gave me a lot of perspective and uh, I'm coming up, uh, I'm knocking off half a point for the dissension of Anthony because like I said, I don't, I didn't necessarily really care about him. I think we all agree that he needed to be flushed out. Yeah, he more. did. Yeah. Yep. And um, I did not like um, the dad story arc. I mean, I get it that, you know, it's broken ours. I, I, I didn't think, I didn't think he was a good actor either. I think that's where it felt a little cheesy for me. Right. For him. He's like, do you know your daddy could fly? Bye. And then he just goes out the window. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I'm knocking off half a point for that. So. And then he screamed like a girl too. Yeah, it was, it was like ridiculous. A girl. <laughs> but I, I have come up a whole point and a half. So oh, wow. I, I am at a 4.5 as Holy well. Holy shit. That is amazing. That is amazing. I will also add that the, the, you brought up the score. Mm-hmm. Now, um, while I like the music in this new one, the score went at that end scene when, when he's fucking murking all those mm-hmm. cops, they amped that shit up and made it so cinematic. Mm-hmm. That, accompanied with the one shot of, of him obviously getting them all outside. and, and You him, love your one shot. Him going around the car. See, that's where I thought that we're, they were going to utilize t- Tony Todd. I thought that it was going to change Candyman through each reflection, and we would see him. And I honestly think that maybe even that would have sufficed. But what we got at the end, about when she goes around that corner and he gets that last cop, 
Oh my god, man! Like, like this movie is fucking incredible. I'm so happy that not only you know we got to review it. I'm so happy we got to uh, do it with Willis. Do it with Willis. Get to see it again. Like I feel like I didn't I didn't give it uh, enough credit last year because it was it was just one of the movies that we were just banging out. Go go go. I'm so glad we got to slow down and take a look at these movies because mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Willis. And uh, why don't you tell everyone what you have coming up? <laughs> well, on the NFW podcast, we finishing up our TV movies. And soon we're going to be starting to do our Halloween stuff. So yes. we might be doing... 2018's Halloween before the new one come out as a commentary. And then I got probably some more Transformers reviews on my YouTube channel and some He-Man reviews from the new action figures that then came out and some more wrestling stuff, of course. Well, we definitely appreciate you uh, joining us. We hope you uh, come on Thrills and Chills with us for season three for some of our Halloween coverage. Oh, you better. I'll be on. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. You are always on, Willis. You are always on. Thank you so much, Willis. And for everybody at Cut to the Chase, I'm Lacey Lou. And I'm Dan Chase. And we'll see you next time. Wild man. Wild man. Wild man. Wild man. Wild man, Willis. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cut you like a hook. All right. I don't know. (laughs) Bye, everybody.